Welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, episode number 108. And today we are talking block and tackle, corrective actions and preventive actions. This is going to be the nitty gritty. And again, get out your pen and paper. Welcome to the Smallholder Food Development Institute podcast, where we serve up truth so that you can build the profitable, sustainable food business you've always dreamed of. Now, here's your host, Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele. Friends, Dr. P in the house here with the Food Safety Cat. Can you see him? Hello. Say hello. If you're watching on Facebook, you can see Food Safety Cat. If you are listening to this, as we have tons of new listeners, I'm so excited. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad that you are here. We have a great podcast episode today. Kobe is very excited about it, aren't you? Here, you turn around there, buddy. Um, yeah, if you hear purring in the background, it's my cat. <laughs> you get extra points if you can diagnose his heart murmur on the purr through the podcast. So all my veterinary friends who listen to this. Um, so I'm super excited to come to you. It is the end of August, or the end of August. Hi, it's the end of October. I was, August was a long month. I'm glad August ended a long time ago. But uh, October has been a great month, doing a lot of great stuff around um, Deergo Food Safety. We um, launched and really started scaling a Food Safety University, which is going amazing. So if you want to get your HACCP planning on, get all this good documentation, and really set the stage for all of your future growth, please do join us at Food Safety University. And you can find that at foodsafetyuniversity.com. <laughs> and please do ask any questions that you need. It is really the one place where you can go to get all of this documentation. So super excited about that. I love working with people, new clients coming in. I'm actually going on a client visit to a farm on Sunday um, that we just got together. And I can't wait to go talk to these people because they're getting amazing food into the local food stream. Uh, that's what we do around here is that's what we help people do. So if that is you and you are listening to this, uh, Join us at Food Safety University. If we are doing site visits, you know, socially distance, all that good sort of stuff, um, and we are making uh, we are making plans for um, going down to Georgia in January with one of our um, one of our units, and we've got that stuff coming up. So it'll be um, so that's one of our our food production locker systems, and so I can't wait to. I'm probably going to try and do a. Uh, like a live podcast in a series of interviews while I'm there. So I'm super excited about that. So anyway, all right, don't forget, come check us out at The Proofing Box if you're not all, uh, already over there. If you are on The Proofing Box, thank you for joining us. Um, you should be able to um, put your comments in if you have any comments, happy to answer them. And today we are doing what I am calling block and tackle corrective actions and preventative actions. So over the course of the next, like the rest of this quarter, um, and pro like probably the next 50 or so podcast episodes, I am going to be really focusing on this like block and tackle stuff. You know, I talk a lot about the leadership and I talk a lot about running your business and that sort of stuff. And that stuff is all super epically, like epically important because it is truly all about mindset. However, um, I'm also here to like give you like the nitty gritty on how to do this, okay? 
And corrective, we're starting with corrective actions and preventative actions um, because that's kind of where I start with a lot of things. And we are going to be going through, I'm going to be doing a podcast um, um, on all of the things that have to do with the people in your business, the process in your business, okay? And then the products, all right? And I'm doing this because it tracks with our curriculum in Food Safety University, right? Uh, and so we have, you know, we, we, what I believe and what I am building is a set of, it's a docu, it's a set of documentation and, and, and trainings and things like that. So you can go be successful. And what that looks like is, is we have this base of education and training. That's the podcast, the, you know, the HACCP certifications, the preventive control certifications, um, all like the hours and hours and hours and hours of amazing content and wonderful learning that we have in Food Safety University, right? And then um, that leads to this programs-based food safety. And a program is the all the documentation associated with how you do what you do in your facility. And then your programs make your hazards not reasonably likely to occur. You'll hear that again. Right. And then if your hazard's not reasonably likely to occur, it makes writing your HACCP plan a whole lot easier. And it I see it in my mind as kind of this like triangle, right? And this pyramid building on this base and then, you know, and then moving and then moving up to progressively more complex things, right? So today we are we are starting with corrective actions and preventative actions, um, and this is like the real block and tackle stuff. And I want you to think about this the way we think about everything else, which is that our six step process, okay? And our six step process for corrective actions and preventative actions, of course, starts with forming your team. Okay, food safety, it's team sport. Corrective actions, totally a team sport. Okay, and you are going to need like at least four different groups most of the time. All right, at a minimum, you need people in operations. You need somebody who represents operations, somebody who represents management, okay, and somebody who, um, who represents the QA team, usually that's the person who's like taking the notes and writing the corrective action record, which I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and then for many, 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 many things, you will also need your maintenance guy, <laughs> okay? Because there are a lot of things that you have to do with corrective actions that also have to do with maintenance, okay? so. You're always going to, so step one is always form your team. All right, so next step is your team has to get together and describe the problem. So in the corrective action record that I provide my clients, the number, the very first question, okay, we put on the date of the corrective action. We put down any lot numbers that are affected because you really got to keep track of that sort of stuff. And then the very first question is... What is happening? Okay. And you got to describe what is happening. You missed a critical control point on a certain product and like all the things that happened, right? Then the next question is what's supposed to be happening? Okay. And your problem lies in the distance between what actually happened 
and what's supposed to be happening, <laughs> okay? And then the rest of your corrective action record is all about how are you addressing the problem and doing a root cause analysis and all that sort of stuff, okay? So I'm not gonna like go through a whole corrective, all the questions on a corrective action record, um, but I am gonna talk to you about how you need to get yourself set to, um, and the questions then, and, and like what you need to do in order to be able to successfully answer all of those questions. And in the process of that, we're going to answer almost all the questions on a corrective action record. Okay. So in the role, I said, get your pen and paper. I'm not kidding. <laughs> get your pen and paper. Right. Okay. So, um, I want you to describe the issue and I want you to zoom in as much as possible okay because if you end up having a recall you're gonna have to do recall accounting and you're gonna have to know all of this nitty-gritty detail like lot numbers and the amount produced and the time and the and the line that it was produced on you're gonna have to know like all the things about that particular food okay and then so we get into we get into we're doing this corrective action, and I want you to be incredibly clear about for whom you are doing the corrective action, okay? Because if you're not clear on for whom you are doing the corrective action, it doesn't really matter. You're never, like all writing needs an audience, and corrective action and preventative action writing is truly no different. Corrective action and preventative action is writing for an audience. You have to figure out if that audience is internal or external, and many times it is both. Okay, I want you to keep in mind for your corrective actions and your preventative actions that not only are you doing a root cause analysis so that you as a food safety team can understand what happened, but you are probably also writing for your, um, for your auditor so that your auditor can read this. You're writing for your inspector because you're in, if you're in USDA, your inspector is definitely going to read this, right? Um, and so you're going to be really clear on who your audience is that you're writing a corrective action um, record for. And you've got to write to that audience so that your audience understands what happened, where the problem lies, how you're fixing it and how much product is affected okay that's and that's i mean like truly th those four questions is about what a corrective action record uh includes okay and so with with that then the question then becomes well how are you going to go about doing doing all of this okay and the first thing that you need to understand is, is that corrective actions and preventative actions test your leadership in ways that few other activities will, okay? And the very, you know, like after you form your team and you start talking about the problem and decide who you're writing this corrective action record for, you've got to actually write all of this stuff down, huh? Okay, and what I want you to do, it's, you know, it's really easy for these meetings when you're doing this to um, go off the rails and you, you get into a bitch session. And 
a corrective actions and preventative actions um, session, like like work session. If you want to lead it really, really well, there's no complaining and there's no defending. Okay. Because if you are in complaining and defending mode, either, you know, like my people or those people, everybody knows what complaining and defending is, right? If you're in complaining and defending, you are not being productive. Okay. Your meeting, if you are pulling together all these people to write a corrective action, your end result needs to be a corrective action record that moves your company forward, okay? And so I want you to, when you're meeting, set a, these meetings can't be more than an hour, okay? If you're doing it more than an hour, there is likely complaining and defending, or you have too many people talking in the meeting. Definitely seen that before, okay? And, you know, sometimes the corrective action does have to go through a lot of people's hands, but you can't have more than four or five people doing a corrective action, and one of those people is pretty much being silent and taking notes, all right? Or else the meetings just, I mean, you know this, the meetings will just kind of, like, go off the rails. Okay, so you're going to have a lot of resistance to doing this. So many people avoid their corrective actions and preventative actions programs, like the whole programs. Like was the last time outside of corrective action, you actually went, looked at your SOP or looked at your car and, 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 and like made changes to it. So it worked better for you. Um, most people don't, don't really do that. And then when it comes time to write a corrective action, then they, then they, then they allow themselves to indulge in confusion and then we complain and defend to kind of get away from get away from the confusion, right? And so we don't want to do that because that's not productive. And I want to be very, very clear. Your ability to tell yourself the truth around corrective actions is the metric of your food safety culture. And that is always and forever what you will be audited on, what your inspector is looking for. At the heart of it is your food safety culture. How people report problems and how you deal with them is the single most important thing management can work on or change or make better in order to improve food safety, okay? Your corrective actions and preventative actions program, as you go through your car and you talk about what is happening and what should be happening, you need to make sure that whatever went wrong, that you are making hazards not reasonably likely to occur or you are fixing it if the hazards did occur, okay? I want you to think about your corrective actions program and how it applies to both your critical control points and your preventive controls and your SOPs, okay? Does your corrective actions program actually make hazards not reasonably likely to occur, okay? If your preventative maintenance program fails and you write a corrective action and it sits on a shelf, you tell me, are you making physical hazards not reasonably likely to occur? Because the answer is no, you aren't, 
writing I'm not, writing on a piece of paper does not make physical hazards not reasonably likely to occur. Fixing the shit that's broken makes physical hazards not reasonably likely to occur. Okay? So you've got to ask yourself the question, okay, as you are going through this, if you are doing some of the work and not all of the work, um, what, what, like, what is stopping you? Okay. And I was going through this with my coach today in talking about what stops us from doing the things that we need to do. Okay. And very often it's safety. Okay. We don't feel safe for one reason or another. And that's why we have the strive model. Okay. If you are resisting finishing your corrective action and we look at writing a problem statement in the strive model so for those of you who are new to the podcast i have like a metric ton of posts on um and information on strive it's this acronym that we use to um to to question about what like how we're problem solving and why problems aren't getting solved and we're going to do that with corrective actions and preventative actions because many many times people will write a car and not finish it or they won't finish their documentation or whatever all right you've got to do the whole entire process to completion and if you're not doing that put that problem statement as your strive problem statement right so when we use strive which i'm going to go through a strive model in just a second um, we always start with a problem statement and the problem statement may be we're not finishing up our corrective actions or the problem statement may be we write up a corrective action, we submit a work order to maintenance and maintenance doesn't do the work. All right. Whatever the problem, you got to figure out like you strive to allow yourself to fix it. Okay. So the first question in strive is, are people physically safe? to fix the problem. So if you have something going on, all right, and you have something that is happening versus what should be happening, are people physically safe to be doing what should be happening? All right, the second question in safe, so the S in strive stands for safe, is are people financially safe to be doing what they're supposed to be doing? Yes or no? Many times the answer is no. The third safe question is, is are people emotionally safe? Are people getting bullied at work? Are they getting sexually harassed for doing their job? Bully, I have seen everything, people, right? It happens and you've got to answer yourself honestly. And if one of the people in the room doing the corrective actions is the bully, like y'all got to deal with that because that is how businesses get ruined. So the T in STRIVE stands for trained. Are people trained to do what they're supposed to do? Are you asking maintenance to fix something they don't know how to fix? Oh, that's certainly happened before, all right? So you're gonna fix that, mm, right? The R in STRIVE stands for respect. Um, do you have the respect of the people who you are doing a root cause analysis with? Do they even care? I have absolutely been in rooms where I'm trying to do a root cause analysis on something and people are obviously just like, oh my God, Dr. P is just doing this because she's on a power trip. I assure you, I'm never on a power trip when I'm doing a corrective action, but whatever. Um, 
they obviously think that for one reason or another, but I'm not there. Like guys, I am, I'm your coaching consultant and I'm not here to make your life easy. I'm here to make your business run better, right? Uh, if it was easy, anybody could do it. But you like me because I tell you what to do and when to do it and what you're doing wrong, but you've got to actually do the work, right? So we don't do corrective actions to make me happy. We don't do corrective actions um, because in the law, it says in the preventive controls rule and in the mega reg for HACCP and meat and poultry, it says you have to do corrective actions. We do corrective actions because it's the right thing to do to make our businesses better. And I really need you to feel that to the depths of your toes or else this whole process is useless. And that's what I mean by respect, right? That's the R in strive. The I in strive is invest. Have you invested the time, talent, and treasure in doing this? Okay, or are you pencil whipping it? And only you can answer that. If you are trying to pay somebody to solve all of your problems, much as I love your money, I love you solving your problems way more. Way more, right? And so, like... If you are trying to throw money at your corrective actions problems and buy more dehumidifiers or buy more humidifiers or, you know, like whatever it is that you're trying to fix and you're not investing time and talent, you're going to be spending an awful lot of your money. Okay. And you still might not fix the problem. The V in Strive stands for value. Do you actually value fixing the problem? I have, again, sat around with people who are pencil whipping their corrective actions and they really don't value solving the problem. Okay, be honest with yourself um, because that's something you really need to know. And then E is, is are you empowered to stand in fear and discomfort and failure to solve your problem? My friends, unless the answer is yes, you are not actually going to solve your problems. Because if you could already do this without screwing it up, you would be doing it without screwing it up. And so it's going to take fear and discomfort and failure for you to move forward. And that's totally fine. Like that is business. You know, I was, I, I talk about coaches a lot. I have business coaches. I have a marriage coach, right? I have a tennis coach because I, you know, I've recently gotten back into playing tennis. And we were having this conversation and, you know, he's a tennis pro and stuff like that. And he's like, you know, Michelle, maybe 25% of my shots are in that beautiful sweet spot right on my racket where I'm beautifully extended. My feet are settled and I can clobber the ball, right? And... I was thinking about that. And I was like, wait a minute. I can't, I don't want to live in a world with tennis where I'm not always working on it and working on my game and working on my feet and my hands and mostly working on my brain, right? And I was like, but I think that the perfection is in the adjust. The perfection of a game of tennis and why I like love Serena Williams so, so much is because if you look at her or any of the other pros, their perfection is in their ability to adjust. Your corrective actions program is your documentation of your ability to adjust. 
And that is where you hit your winners. Okay. Because when you fix something and it stays fixed, it's amazing. It's really amazing. Okay. And that's what I want you to think about. But in order to get there, it takes fear and discomfort and failure, right? So when we look at your correction, corrective actions and preventative actions, you have to be able and, and willing to look at that adjust, okay? And so you're going to write your corrective actions. You're going to answer the questions. What is happening? What should be happening? How am I going to fix it? How much time is it going to take me to fix it? And when is this going to be fixed by? And then you got to make sure that no lots have hazards associated with them and you got to recondition them or whatever it is that you're doing. Okay. And then after that, that correct your your team you're going to you're going to fix you're going to drive on you're going to make the corrections and you're going to drive towards the beauty of 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 fixing things and i don't know as i as i say you know finding new and inventive ways to screw up uh, you know we should all we should always be making new mistakes let's try not keep making the same mistakes over and over and over let's make new and interesting mistakes What I want you to do once a quarter is look at your corrective actions and ask yourself, does your corrective actions program capture all the ways that you fail at work? Most corrective actions programs catch the big things like sanitation fails and critical control point fails. But if you only ever do corrective actions around those things, you're missing really big opportunities. What does it look like to do corrective actions around customer interactions and sales? We do that in my company. What does it look like to do corrective actions around your chemical hygiene program? What does it look like to do corrective actions around personal protective equipment? We are all having lots of conversations about PPE right now, right? And then I want you to actually like look at the records and and look at, at yourselves as people who execute the corrective actions and preventative actions program and who fill out those records. Are they complete? Are they understandable? Are they written in a way that the target audience for them could actually understand them? And then did you do all of the corrective actions or did you skip it because nobody was watching? Okay. And then you're going to find out whether or not you still have unresolved issues. Okay. So does your corrective actions and preventative actions program serve your customers well? All right. And that's where we drive continuous process improvement. What works? What doesn't work? And what are you going to do differently? Ask that about your correct. Ask that about your corrective actions. Every time you do a corrective action, I want you to like do an after-action review on it and figure out what worked, what didn't work, and what are you going to do differently. Did you serve your customers, internal or external, in your corrective actions process? These are incredibly important questions, my friends, because that is the perfection in the adjust. That is what drives a winning game. All right. I love you all. That's our podcast for this week. Have a week full of awesome, and I will see you next time.
Bye, guys. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Be sure to join us in the Proofing Box, a private Facebook page for food producers filled with valuable information and technical tips. Grow your business by learning from people just like you, all under the guidance of a food safety expert.